0: Welcome back. Back again. Back in the basement. Special Sunday night baseball edition yep. of Boston's big podcast. Yeah, we uh, Thanks for thanks for sticking with us. We're a little late this week. We are. Uh, Sunday throwing us all off. Yep. All the way off. But What better night to do it, though? Yep. David Price on the, Price on the hill. hill. David Price on the hill on the verge of a sweep. I brought my broom with me today. He's got his broom. I got the broom. We're ready to go. I got my Randy Moss jersey on. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk re- about that later. We'll keep this. Yeah, the- keep that. Keep
1: this in visual sight. <laughs> yep.
0: So yeah, David, somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where we're gonna leave we'll it right there. How about there you that? go. That works. So uh, yeah, going for the sweep, the four game sweep. David Price on the mound. Um, we know what happened last time he pitched on Sunday Night Baseball against the Yankees.
1: Yeah, he he
0: already made it a lot further than he did that night. He did. He's uh, he's looking good tonight. Yeah. A lot less pressure tonight than there was in that game. Obviously, um, we were, you know. The Yankees actually took the lead in the division after that game. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, and that was, you know, the rubber match they ended up winning that series. So, there was a lot more pressure in that game, and it's at Yankee Stadium. Yep. So, the, you know, everything was tougher about that game. Yeah. But since that game. I mean, know,
1: if we we win tonight, we'd get the sweep with nine and a half Nine games. and a half.
0: Which, I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago that Price had that outing. I know. You know, and <laughs> we... We thought maybe we had lost the division at that point, and since then it's been domination. Yeah. Yankees have lost four in a row; they uh, they're they've... falling apart a little bit. Injuries, obviously. Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Hap. Yep. Um, you know, we've been lucky in that regard, but which
1: Judge was actually? We pretty up. much
0: with this series, we've kind of just taken taken a hold of the division, and it would take a, it would take an epic collapse for us to lose it at this point. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. And it's like, if you look at it from a Yankees fan's perspective, imagine if we were down nine and a half games
1: right now, there'd be no
0: hope whatsoever.
1: Well, it's funny. The Yankees broadcast, the Yankee radio people, uh, they've been saying, oh, don't worry about it's regular season. We'll see you in the playoffs. Oh, man. They're going to have to play a one game. They're in denial right now. They're going to have to play one game.
0: I've heard (laughs) a lot of Yankees fans who really aren't panicking, and it's like, you guys are in denial. It's already August. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what do you – yeah, I get, you know, you don't have some of your best players, but what chance do you have after this series? I mean, we only play – It's it's not like we're just going to start losing games all of a sudden.
1: And it's not like we got a handful of games up with the Yankees. We only got six. Right. It's it's all ours. And no three question. being the last three games of the year. No question. Yeah. We got, we got Houston, and then we got the Yankees at the end of the year. Yeah. So it's gonna be a test. Put a put us right in right into playoff baseball. Yep. You know, but right now we're uh, we're digging the Yankees' grave at the moment. Yeah. So Friday night, or Thursday night, Brian Johnson.
0: Brian Johnson was uh he got off to a rough start. Obviously, he's starting in place of Sale. Yep. Um, it was originally slated for that start. He should make his next start. So yeah, Johnson got off to a rough start and then he settled down. Cora stuck with him and he settled down and. That was the night we we routed them, right? 15 yeah, 7. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up. Steve Pierce, three home runs. Yep. An eight run. Yeah. He hit inning. another one the next night. He had four home runs and six at bats. So fire. for everyone who said that we didn't get better at the trade deadline, Steve Pierce and then Nathan Avaldi. Avaldi. He's. Yesterday. He's, yeah. He, Nathan Avaldi was dynamite. He's pitched 15 innings with the Sox so far, no runs. Yeah, he was throwing what 98 yesterday? So right now, I mean, a week ago we wouldn't have said this, but right now Dombrowski's Dem- looking like a genius.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks like we're gonna be taking starters and putting them in the bullpen kind of yep. a la the Astros last year. You think uh Price will still
0: what's gonna happen with him in the playoffs? You know, I don't see them putting him in the
1: bullpen. I say I say Evaldi in. Yeah. If he keeps up like this. No, Evaldi, you can't. You can't mess with what he's doing right now, obviously. So I would have, I would send Price to the bullpen. I agree. I just don't know if they'll have the balls to do that. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I mean, obviously. He's not going
0: to be happy about it.
1: Well, maybe he will. He's a weird guy. He is a weird
0: guy. I don't know. He didn't seem to mind it too much last year. But he was coming back from an injury. So it was different, different circumstances.
1: Well, who knows? Maybe his unique elbow will flare up again. And- maybe, maybe, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll get a little too much Fortnite in. Yep. Towards the end of the season, and he'll have to tone it down a little bit, you know. Yep. But, but no, great moves by uh, Dombrowski at the deadline. I would I even say, Evaldi in over uh, Erod. Perhaps. You know, because who the knows way when- the way he's going right now? Yeah. He's that guy's on fire. He's on fire. And he likes obviously likes pitching here. He loves it. He loves he obviously can handle the pressure. Yep. And I Um, think I think he can handle the playoff
0: pressure too. I think so. He's kind of one of those guys you just throw into the fire and he's like he's excited to be on a contending team and you know, he's ready to just
1: after having two Tommy Johns right his fucking arm wound up tighter than a bull's ass during fly season. (laughs) that's a good one that's a good one i can't take credit for that uh I, did. A, uh I didn't think you came up with that on your own no i wish i did <laughs> but the uh, you know it's it's tightening. in there Yeah. you know and, I, uh, I guess so you know he, i mean he's throwing 98 miles an hour consistently yeah that the slider he he threw a slider yesterday that oh my god i think oh, it might he work. was He was nasty yesterday. His slider was like the righty version of sales
0: slider. It's been moving. It was nuts. And so we underestimated, I think Red Sox fans as a whole underestimated, you know, this guy's stuff. Well, a lot of
1: people, like, not a lot of people, but there were people saying he was the best available pitcher at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't
0: buying that, but it's uh, looking like he is. He was.
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, he shut down the Nationals earlier this year. We kind of talked about that before when we first got him. Yeah. Um, he's got nasty stuff. He does. And uh, he'll be definitely helpful down the stretch. Yeah, Porcello pitched. Porcello Friday night.
0: the other night. Let's talk about that. One legendary start. One hitter, complete game. One hitter, second complete game for the Sox this year. He retired the last twenty-one batters that he faced it's which is insane. Yeah, he was <laughs> look look like his Cy Young self back. Yeah. You know? And to see him, you know, after he got the last out, pumping his fist and getting all fired up. Oh, he was, you don't see that emotion from him usually, but it's like he he knew that was a big game, this is a big series and he pitched his best game of the year. Yeah, stepped so, up. He stepped up. Put his nuts on the table. <laughs> I love it. Hopefully he can do that in October. Exactly. Um sale so, yeah. we the sale injury, obviously, nothing to worry about, really. No, I don't think. I mean, maintenance, I, preventative yeah. maintenance. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, getting towards the end of the year, you just want to make sure he's healthy and ready to go. Exactly. You know, come playoff time, and yeah, it was just precautionary. He'll be back for his next start.
1: Yep. We got uh, well we, Cora the other night got thrown out. Yes. Um, Love to see that. Yeah, well, that was Friday night.
0: Yeah, that was Friday night. Yeah, so he
1: Postello.
0: just – He's, you know, I love the the aggression, the attitude, everything. Yep. Um That's a big part of the Red Sox successes here, I think.
1: Ooh, Mookie with a bomb.
0: Let's go. Over everything. Way over everything. Woo, Sox taking the lead. Solo shot. Yeah, that
1: was a bomb. All right,
0: Mookie.
1: That was wow. good timing.
0: Wow. Yeah. What a bomb. All right, here we go. We got the lead. Yep. Fifth inning. This moving this
1: game's moving fast. It is not a normal Red Sox Yankee game. All right. Um. So we're um. We're talking about sale. Yeah. maintenance. Then they. all oh, dude, he mashed that.
0: We've been actually. We've had a lot of quick games this series. Yeah. The uh. Well, the last night was like under three. The last two games were under three hours.
1: Yeah. The first th- Thursday night's game was long. That right, that was forty-five long. minute. Four, but the
0: Porcello game was like under two thirty, I think.
1: Wow, well, and when then, working like that, right? And then last night's
0: game was under three hours, which is, I mean, to have a game under three hours nowadays in baseball,
1: yeah, that's um, crazy. But back to Cora getting thrown out, uh, mm-hmm. I loved loved to see it. You know, loved to see the fire, loved to see the energy. Yeah. Um. Basically, they, they Severino threw it Mookie's head, right? after Gardner got hit, and, I mean, we won the last fight, so I don't think Porcello was on purpose, maybe. I don't think so. Maybe it was, but I don't. But the
0: Severino one, there was was
1: definitely some intent there. Yeah, and they won both sides, and then. And Cora flipped out. Yep. Cora was saying he should have been thrown out. Yeah. Because that was clear intent. Yeah. That same umpire that threw him out. Um was it last year? There was like there was a game, it wasn't the Red Sox game, but it was a similar situation where he put out warnings. It might have been the Blue Jays. I'm pretty sure he's the same umpire that uh there was like three or four hit batters, and like you could tell that they were uh it was intense. Yeah. And then Someone got hit with a breaking ball. I think it might have been a blue jays game. And uh he he tossed the guy for hitting the guy with a breaking ball after and it was it was the first time a blue jay had hit the other team. It was it wasn't the other way, like it wasn't like back and forth like that. Right. The the Royals just they hit like two or three, they threw behind one of the guys for the Blue Jays. It was wild. But this guy that umpire just clearly doesn't know how to control a game. Right. He has no I sense hate to...
0: the I hate the double warnings. It's, it's like some umpires they just they don't know what to do sometimes. So yes. they're like both teams get a warning, you know, because they don't want to take sides or whatever.
1: Exactly. But and sometimes it takes you it takes you right out, you can't get any retaliation. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. So he had McCord had a right to be frustrated by that. Um his post game press conference was pretty awesome. Yeah. uh you know, he ripped into um, Severino saying there was intent and, in, you know, going after the best player in baseball, whatever. And then he said um, – he was asked, do you think this is all over, this whole controversy and everything? And he said, "He said, I don't know. He scored four runs in less than six innings. Is that a quality start? And then he got up and walked off the podium. Oh, yeah. So I could never see John Farrell saying something like that. I'm just saying.
1: No. Well, and the, the even funnier part was – uh Oh, nice error by – uh, who's that at third? Gleybar Torres. Is that Torres? Look at that. He short-armed it. He just – I don't know. It wasn't even like it was hit that hard. No. It seemed like. Maybe it just had some more – That was strength. a charity hop. He should have just yeah. – that should have been easy. Right into the glove. And Tanaka comes out. There's the worst manager
0: in baseball. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Am I kidding, though? I don't know. It, hey, it could be. <laughs> I don't know. I just. Aaron Boone being the Yankees manager still doesn't make much sense to me. No.
1: But our manager, Cora, it was funny. Yeah. Uh so was he yesterday? Must have been yesterday. He was on the pregame show. I just happened to have it on for a few in the in the truck on my way to work. And um he was saying, Oh, uh, he goes, Oh, you know, it was actually good getting thrown out that early. He goes, I went upstairs and they had they had a pe- the full pizza for me. I had a couple adult beverages. So I wonder if he didn't have a little bit of – because he goes, I needed to stop myself because I have to talk to the media. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he didn't have a couple extra uh, adult beverages. He might have been that a little – That must have been part of it. You know? Yeah. He came out swinging. Man, he does like to drink,
0: actually. Remember oh. there was that story of him uh, with the Astros? Yeah, he got in a – fight, on, fight the, on the plane yeah. and he said it was you know he had had a little too much to drink yeah he was
1: fueled well,
0: so uh, <laughs> well fueled so
1: yeah whatever he's a fiery guy i think it's good for this team yep for sure um uh one of our acquisitions Ian Kinsler already yep. finds himself on the DL yeah uh tweaked his hammy i think it was a hamstring right what yes, was it a quad? I, I think it was a hamstring um
0: but he, even him, he was
1: off to a hot start.
0: I yeah, mean, he was looking good in the field, making some nice plays. That play, he, um, he made one play he up the middle. He was three for six in that game where we put up 15 runs. Yeah, that play he made up the middle was ridiculous. Oh, And then he, he
1: had a that was pace. old.
0: That was an old Pedroia-type play right there. Yeah. The whole dynamic of that whole situation right. is amazing. So Pedroia took over for Kinsler at Arizona State, right? Yep. And, and then, now, now Kinsler's taking over. Well maybe. They've hate they hate each other. Yeah, so they supposedly hate each other. It like why what's the root of that? Like why do they hate each other? Just because they were competing for the position in
1: college and they just of yeah. bumped heads a little bit? I think it started there and then yeah. it's just kinda always been how it is, you know? Yeah. Um interesting. One of the uh one of the sports hub hosts, Adam Jones, I I tend to side with him. Maybe this was a disagreement. I it could I, I side, have been. I side with this, and uh, I side with him saying, "Well, and now that he's on the DL, it's a little harder." But when Kinsler comes back, I hope that Dustin Pedroia is rooting against him so he can get his job back. And I do hope that Ian Kinsler rakes. So why do you? Why are you so anti-Pedroia? It's not.
0: Pedroia's done a lot for... Man, I think this might have been there. This is it. This, <laughs> this is it. totally it. This is it. Now I'm starting to get fired up. I'm I'm
1: having flashbacks. All right. So Pedroia, <laughs> he's done some great things for the Red Sox. Yeah. He was Rookie of the Year. He was MVP, helped bring us a couple of World Series. Yeah. But when we needed someone to step up and be the leader after David Ortiz left, he... Very evidently, he, he wasn't he, ready for that. He's not that. He's not that type of player. He was well. We all. But that's the thing. We always thought he was. We always thought he right. he was going to be a great leader because of how hard he worked in the field. He wants to just be one of the grunt workers. Right. You know. He doesn't want. He doesn't. Well, it he seems, wants
0: to be a leader. He wants to be a leader, but he
1: he doesn't do a great
0: job at it. He doesn't have those leadership qualities that we thought he had. He.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, start with the Machado thing. Well, he, that's the one thing that you that you would go to. I mean, you, can, you know, you can start there. What else is there? Well, now there's now they booted him off the team. They want him to go home to Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in Arizona now. So they don't want him around the team. Why is that? I. I have a feeling – and another thing was uh, he – him and Farrell hated each other. Yeah. Um, I think he still got the, – the reason I think he went – got sent to Arizona was I think he still got some of those frustrations, and it doesn't help now that he's injured, obviously. But, I mean, the only reason a the guy – they tell you not to be around the team is if you're doing some sort of harm, and maybe they – Maybe he wasn't doing harm, per se, to the morale of the team, but he, I mean, he had to be doing something, like not going behind people's backs and being a detriment to the team or anything. Well, the fact they don't want him to be there says something, obviously. I think, it, I think it's because he's, he might.
0: Martinez just struck out for the third time.
1: He might be, as much as he hated Farrell, maybe he's a piece of that. Maybe a piece of Farrell has turned into him, you know, or he's turned into a piece of Farrell. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, he's, like we said, he's a hard worker, very hard worker. But clearly, like, you need, when you need someone to step up and you need someone to be the, face of the team like we all thought he was gonna be that when he was the rookie of the year and the MVP. Yeah. He clearly wasn't the face that we needed because he couldn't like the the Machado thing haunted him all that year. Right. Because no I get what you're saying. It was basically like like picture this. Um we're we're out somewhere and um, you know, someone screws with you or something. Someone like takes your money or something. Yeah. Like this is a hypothetical. situation, But someone takes your money and you, you're like, what the fuck? And you, you can't get it back for some reason. But then I see the person later on and I go get your money back. Yeah. Or I attempt to. Um. You're obviously gonna thank me, right? Like no, I get like That whole
0: thing was fucked
1: up. It's not but, like you would turn to that guy and say, "Oh no, it was, I didn't. I didn't care about the money." Right? Like I didn't. No, you stick about- up for your teammates. Yeah. You stick up for your teammates. And, and he, he didn't. No, and he. But not only did he not stick up, he didn't want anything to do with it. Right? He he'd like literally. What after I actually happened to watch it the other day. I actually haven't watched in a while. I probably should go back to it. He's he's standing on the top bench and I know uh, Bonds he threw behind it actually never even hit him yeah. because it was a foul ball, but they if you look on the replay, it literally hits the bat and that's why his bat gets sent down. Yeah. Pedroyas I understand the whole head hunting thing, but he's literally standing on the top bench just shaking his head at the whole situation. Yeah. You got to, especially if you're a leader, they're, they're protecting you. Right. Like, that's that's the whole thing about Vasquez earlier this year with Joe Kelly. Like, I wouldn't want, I would much rather have um, Sandy Leone back there because I know he's going to, if something happens, he jumps, he's going to jump right up. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, as opposed to Vasquez who's going to try and grab your shirt while you're already running out there. Yeah. You know?
0: Vasquez definitely fucked up on that one. He had never but, been in that situation before, so hopefully next time but he's again.
1: But he's also not billed as the the leader of the Red Sox. Right. So that's no, why yeah, that kind of got swept under the rug. Yeah.
0: But I just look at Pedroya as, like, I, I just think all the things he accomplished, and we're just going to, you know, we're just going to forget all of that because of that incident last year.
1: Is it? Like I said, I, I'm not gonna forget it, but he's not. He to take uh. Dennis Green's old speech. They are who we thought they were. He's yeah. not who we thought he was. No, and you know it's it's almost like. He needed, Ortiz, and he needed Manny around, so the Maybe. shadow. was I, awesome. I don't know. I, th- I don't know. How old is he right now? Thirty. Thirty. What? I think he's like thirty-two or
0: thirty-three. Yeah. So. You know, by the time he was asked to take over as the leader, he was already thirty
1: years old. He should've what I'm saying is he should have learned from them. Yeah. He was around them so much. It's hard not to learn from someone being around him that long. And when when it matters when he needs to step up and be that leader, he's he's not. I don't know. I don't
0: think he's a terrible leader, but he's not the He's not the guy – he's not the number one guy that the team should look to. Well, after that – I think he can provide good, you know, insight and advice to younger players. I think he can do that. So he's a good leader in that aspect. But he's not the guy that the team should lean on when they're – you know, when they need someone to look to. To Like when Ortiz, you know, gathered the team in the dugout that time and just started talking to all of them. And like, he's not that type of guy. Yeah, he's a good – mentor he's a good mentor he's a good guy to have around well apparently not because they don't want him there right now but i don't know I, I i feel like you know he can help guys the younger guys he's clear in certain you know, aspects
1: we talk about the dogs yeah when we talk about basketball mhm droid is no dog he's not someone that you. he's in he, the field in the field he's a dirt dog in the field but he's not dirty. A, he's not someone you want to go to war he's with. a hustler though he hustles when he works get, hard, he plays hard every he, time he takes the field. He does. He plays the game right. Right.
0: That's so the that's extent of his- that. In itself, is a good leadership quality. That's
1: called leading by example. And and leading by example is also throwing your teammates under the bus. Yeah. I mean, that if, that part was fucked up. I can't even defend him on that. So if there was if there was a fight that happened then. Yeah. Was Pedroia going to run out there and try and break it up? He was, definitely wasn't going to throw any punches. Probably not. You I know? don't know. He might have even stayed on the bench. Who knows? If he didn't agree with the whole situation. Maybe. We'll never know. But, I mean, to me, especially with this team, with maybe it, it – you know what? Now that we say this, maybe it has something to do with Cora because Cora – how he just said he was all fired up and you know he's he's thinking about going to war like johnny gomes used to say yeah you know when when he had that classic little speech i'm the guy you want to go to war with i i know that's not the greatest example because he wasn't like a great leader or anything Mm. but um gomes i mean he was a good he he was was a clubhouse
0: person he was a better he was a decent leader. I mean, I don't know, he got guys in the right mindset. Yeah. He's probably a better leader than he was
1: a player, honestly. Probably. Yeah. Um, but he um you know, going to war with someone. Yeah. It's you don't want to go to war with someone that's gonna all of a sudden not be around. You know, it's gonna turn their back on you. I get what you're saying. Um, well I I felt like Majoria's
0: career is pretty much over at this point anyway, so
1: I felt like that was him showing his true colors. Maybe is what I'm really trying to get at. Maybe. Um but you know we got another team getting ready for war. The Pats. We do. The Pats. We got Sony Michelle. uh just had a little procedure done so he's he's not practicing for the next 10 days, I think. Okay. Um we got uh Got a new addition to the team, Eric Decker. Eric Decker, Decker in, Jordan Matthews out. Decker's hot wife in. Yep, Jesse James Decker. <laughs> Love oh, it. They got. I wonder if they're gonna do season four. They got their own uh reality show on like E or something. Do they? I didn't or, even know that. Yep. Shit. I just know he has a hot wife. Yeah, um, she's man. a country singer. Nice. Nope. I didn't know that either. I just knew she was hot. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Hey, I just
0: learned that the other day too. Wow, but yeah, Eric Decker. Um, <laughs> we'll first, see. We'll
1: see how much he has left in the tank. Had his first day of practice yesterday. How do you look? Um, I mean, by all accounts, the the highlights that I saw, he looked pretty good. Okay. I mean, he was just doing. He was route running. It wasn't yeah. the ones that I saw. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a big body. He's six three. Yeah. You know, we can use him on the outside. He's got. Got some speed. He's got pretty Absolutely. good hands from what so I remember. Thirty one years old, so he's got a little bit left. I mean he played with Peyton. Yeah, so
0: as Pats fans we probably mostly remember him from the Peyton Manning days in Denver. Yeah. And then he played for the Jets for a little bit, but he was a big part of that uh you know, that dominant Broncos offense with Peyton and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders and Eric Decker and Julius, Julius Thomas also. For a yes. little while, and so he was part of that offense, and uh, he was a big part of it, actually. Yeah. So hopefully, he has a little bit of that left. You know, obviously, when he's teamed up, he's shown that when he's teamed up with a, a great quarterback, he can do some damage.
1: Oh, and and so. just him playing with Peyton alone yeah. leads me to believe he's a pretty smart guy. Right. He can figure out an offense, and he can figure out what Brady wants to do. Exactly. Um, I think he's going to be a good addition for the team. Absolutely. I think looking uh, forward to see what he can do. I think he'll be having a good year, and um, you now we still got still got Hogan, still got Hogan. Hogan said recently that he
0: wants to be Brady's go-to target. That's, I mean, he didn't say that directly, but he basically said, you know, that's something that he thinks about. That's that's the ultimate goal for him is to be the number one guy. Yeah, oh, for sure. Which it, it should be for anyone, obviously. Yeah. But that's good to hear him say that given the circumstances we're in right now with Edelman being out the first four weeks. Yeah. Jordan Matthews just got cut. um, Which I'm, which confused is probably about this.
1: a big reason we
0: brought in Decker.
1: I'm, I'm confused about this though. Cause I've heard that he got cut. Yeah. And I also heard that he went to IR. Well, he got hurt and then he got cut after he got hurt. But I heard instead of cutting him, they just put him on IR. So do we have like a confirmation about this? I, Thought he 100% got cut. I was. That's where. That's the first thing I heard. And then the and Then I heard after that. I thing.
0: know he had. He had his hamstring issue, and then two days later, he got cut. Yeah, it's saying he got released. Fair enough. He's released. Yeah, he's currently a free agent. All right, there you go. Yeah. So he had. I wonder. What I don't thought- know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I guess they know more about the injury than we do, obviously.
1: Well, it's it's probably the same hamstring you hurt last year.
0: Yeah, so I guess they're they see that as a you know
1: a recurring issue. Something so. ain't going away. Yeah. Um, speaking of receivers, uh, Cordell Patterson apparently looks like he's the best player on the offense. Really, that's the reports that I've heard out of uh, out of training camp. Is that he looks like. Yeah, Apparently, every day he makes some kind of wild play. Interesting. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I haven't seen, like, usually Bleacher Report or something comes out with, like, the best catches. Like, Yeah, signing. I haven't seen anything about that. I don't know. But he looks, and he looks like the number one receiver. Is what they're saying. I mean, he could be a guy who just
0: hasn't been in the right situation, you know, because he's extremely athletic. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's extremely athletic. He's extremely capable of making big plays but he might just be a guy who's never been in that you know the right situation where I mean who's the best quarterback he's played with well Derek Carr probably yeah right but I mean that well wasn't Derek Carr out half the year last year right exactly actually no you're right so then before that he played Minnesota with what Teddy Bridgewater
1: yep and uh Whoever Sam else, Bradford, Case Keenum, yeah. I don't know whoever was yeah, whoever, whoever was, the who,
0: hell was playing quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I think he
1: actually played with bob that year. I think he was. I he think he that been, been a rookie. I think that was his rookie year. Yeah, he's only twenty-seven. He's um, a prolific returner too. Obviously, right. based on the speed, right? Um, but yeah, he's a guy that if he can get that, like you said,
0: the speed, the athleticism, if he can get on the same page Brady and you know get his routes down and everything. He can be a weapon.
1: Yeah, he can definitely be explosive. Yeah. Definitely an explosive player. He, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the backfield, you know. They uh, never know. I mean, he, he has lined up in the backfield before for other teams as a running back. So, you know, um, there's always the chance of that. You know what's funny? We always talk about Dez. Which we'll talk about more a little bit jeremy macklin is a free agent as well yeah um and then there was someone else um got Decker. i thought there was there's was three wide receivers that are like pretty pretty good um macklin has a history of some knee problems yeah but i mean he's he's always been a pretty solid receiver um Especially when he was in Kansas City, he was he's was real good. Yeah, you know, with Alex Smith. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, you know, not that we, not that I don't, I don't know if we. Now that we got Decker in here, I don't know if we necessarily need to grab another receiver. We got a pretty. It may not sound deep because a lot of the guys are young. Um, speaking of young guys, our boy Braxton Berrios hasn't even gotten a snap with Brady yet. So, oh, that's not good. Yeah, but there is one one thing to take out of it is, uh, Edelman has a nickname for him, and his nickname is Honey Nut Berrios. Okay. So, I mean, he must have a pretty good rapport with Edelman. <laughs> I guess so. To have, <laughs> unless, Edelman, unless Edelman
0: just gives nicknames to everyone.
1: Well, he has he has nicknames for the the entire thing, for the entire wide receiving core. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But. So Berrios is nothing special. Just... Well, well, he was he was very adamant that everyone has to call Braxton Berrios, Hunting Nut Berrios. Okay. Well, I guess Edelman likes him, so maybe
0: that says something.
1: Hey, sometimes that's all you need. It's all about who you know. <laughs> it's all about who you know. you know. That's right. I don't know. I, w- <laughs> I would like to see him in, like, I would like to see something of him. A lot of people have uh, i have heard, like, comparisons to, oh, what's going to be another Austin Carr from last year? You remember Austin Carr? I remember Austin Carr. Yeah, he was good in the in preseason, right? Yep. yep. And then he didn't make the team. Right.
0: So I remember uh, this is years ago, maybe. God, I, I think it was before the 18-1 uh, season. But I think it was the season before that when um, this dude Bam Childress went off. In the I don't know if you remember him. Bam I've, Bam Childress. I he like went he... off in the preseason. He was just like racking up touchdowns. I went to one of those games and he scored like three touchdowns and he didn't make the team. So <laughs>
1: sometimes it's all about I don't know. I, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes Bill the, knows. Yeah, apparently he does. <laughs> uh speaking of Bill, Bill's speaking at the Bill. game tonight.
0: Bill's at the game tonight, and Bill was also at Randy Moss's Hall of Fame acceptance speech last night. I'm wearing my Moss jersey tonight. Hell yes. Randy Moss, um, obviously, remember the Patriots from 07 to 2010, played three and a half seasons with us, had one legendary season, the greatest season ever by wide receiver. Yep. 23 touchdowns. Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns. Tom Brady, 50 touchdowns. <laughs> Almost half of them went to Moss. Yep. Um, if you remember watching that year, obviously, we don't like to remember the end of it. Uh, but if you remember watching that year and watching that offense, it was. It was something else. It was something we've never seen. I mean, you've never seen Brady go deep that often in his career. You know? Dude. Other than when he had Moss there, he's been, you know, he doesn't go deep that often. No. But that year in 07, it was like every drive, there would be one play where he would just launch it, and you would just, you just knew that Moss was going to be there. Dude, he made some of the wildest catches. Wildest catches. But I just remember that. Every drive, every Patriots game you watched that year, there would be a play on, it seemed like, every drive where Brady would just launch it. And as soon as you saw the ball skying through the air, you were just like, you knew Moss was there. Yep. And he would just outrun everyone and grab it. Dude. It was unbelievable.
1: The one he had, there was the one against the Bengals when he caught it coming. Right, over the- he reached over two guys.
0: Well, that was that was oh, no. in Miami. That Miami one was two guys. The yeah, that was just one guy where he reached over his back and caught it. That one was in the end zone. Man. Yeah,
1: the one in Miami actually, the one in well, Miami, Miami was-, was in the
0: end zone too. He yeah. had two like that in that game against Miami. Yeah, he obviously had the Revis catch with one hand. He had another one-handed catch against the Colts coming across the middle. Um, his first touchdown with the Patriots was in week one of that season, 07 against the Jets, where he just outran three, like they triple teamed him, and he outran three defenders. Yep. (laughs) It was unbelievable. Freaking freak. He was a freak of nature. It was like, I mean, his size matched with his speed and athleticism, and it didn't even look like he was running that fast sometimes, but his long strides, like he would just get past everyone. And his football IQ. I mean, Brady said the other day that there's no one who could run through a defense better than Randy Moss ever. He was incredible. He was. So, one of my all-time favorite players. So, that was cool to see him get uh, inducted last night. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Um, he, uh, Belichick and Kraft both made a surprise visit. Yep. Out to Canton. Out to Canton. I mean, if you get Bill Belichick to leave the state of Massachusetts during training camp... You got to be an important person. Yep. The <laughs> end of his
1: speech, he he shouted out. So he
0: shouted out Belichick. At the end of his speech, he apologized for not bringing home the ring.
1: Eduardo Nunez with another infield single, and he looks hurt again. I know. he's grimacing. <laughs> he's always grimacing. I think he 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 hit it to short too. Let's uh, see, Eduardo Nunez. We're so in the then?
0: sixth year. We're still up one nothing.
1: Oh, it wasn't even an error. Nice. Yeah, he looks he looks hurt. He does. Give him a minute. Rub some dirt
0: on it. But well, yeah, Randy shouted out Bill. Bill seemed very appreciative, obviously. Um, there's a picture of actually him and uh, Randy and Bill and Kraft all hugging. And it looked like Randy was crying, and they were just all, you know. Obviously, they, haven't, they probably don't see each other that often. I mean, Randy does work for ESPN, but. Yeah. But, yeah, Bill's always been a huge fan of Randy Moss. He said he's the smartest receiver he's ever coached.
1: He, um yeah, I mean, even at the end of that, yeah, he, he said, he, I'm sorry we didn't bring it home.
0: Right, yeah, he said, I'm sorry we didn't bring it home, which was, I mean, they were showing Bill's face as he said that, and you could tell Bill was, like, a little bit emotional
1: about that. Yeah, you which, know Bill wanted that, that 19-0 season. They all wanted it. <laughs> yeah, we know? wanted it. And it's not Bill's fault. It's not Randy's fault. No. Nope.
0: Well, let's not get into whose fault it was. But we should have had Eli wrapped up on that helmet catch play. Yep. Whoever whoever the lineman who had him wrapped up where it was their fault. <laughs> Jarvis Green, maybe.
1: Well, and, and what's his name, too? Uh, I mean, Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison. But the guys who had
0: Eli, I mean, Eli's not a strong guy. He shouldn't be able to break tackles yeah, like that. no.
1: You got to take them down. You got to take them down. Take them out. Take them out at the knees. Yeah. Um, but you know we don't have to dwell on football, loss, uh, Super Bowl losses. We're still recovering from the le- latest one. That's true. That's true.
0: Well, you know, with all the success we've had, also comes tough losses. Yep. You know, when you make it that far every year, you're gonna have some some and tough ones. Especially when you don't play the guy who's. Uh, all, right, yeah. See, now we're not we're not gonna get into all that. <laughs> now we're just rehashing all the bad things.
1: Um another note from camp. Uh high tower was on the other day interviewing with Zolak and Beetle and uh he made mention of being in defensive line meetings. Um and I guess in in the practices he's been kinda He's been lining up on the line, but he hasn't been down a three-point stance. He's been up, standing okay. up, walking around, which can confuse coverages. Um, it can confuse uh, line assignments, like who's going to block him. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, especially I mean, in that Atlanta Super Bowl, he was standing up. I mean, that the class, the classic high tower play of that game was when he stripped. Uh, matt ryan yeah you know and he came around unblocked untouched um threw devonta freeman to the ground yeah like barely even had to grab him yeah and uh i mean that's that's where hightower is at his best when he's when he's going downhill when he's you know he's i mean not the greatest in coverage he might be able to cover some of the slower runners he's backs. not the, no he, that's not his strong suit definitely He's definitely stronger at coming down on the ball, getting after the quarterback. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, I'm sure he'll line up in the middle of that line. He'll probably line up on the ends. He'll probably move around, be walking around. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, they had the they had the whole defense standing up. They didn't even have anyone in the three point stance. Um, when was that? A few years ago. I I forget what year it was, but. Like on a lot, not every single play, but on... Oh, I do remember that, actually. On a lot of plays. It might have been when Chandler Jones was here. Yeah. Um, Might have been that Seattle season. But, I mean, and that, that's a... It's smart because you can... I mean, it's just confusing for the other team. Very confusing. Um... Yeah, definitely. Well, was, what else uh, we got? We got oh the um we didn't, we didn't write it down, but have you heard these excerpts from the Brady book? It's it's coming out. I've heard some. I think I've heard some things. There's what was, were the big ones? Well, there's it talks about the Gate. Yeah, and it was basically kind of saying like Brady Brady number one was bullshit that craft took the uh took what the league was giving him, especially after he said no. He was watching crafts um, press conference, and right when he said they're gonna accept the fines and the draft pick loss, he got right on the phone and uh, called up the the head of the players' association. Yeah, and it was like, how come I'm getting screwed on this, da-da-da, bullshit, da-da-da. Um, and that's kind of leading back into the whole deflategate thing. Bill said, ask the quarterback. And it's kind of coming out that, from what it seems out of this book, this excerpt, is that they p- took the heat off Bill because if if Bill got another cheating scandal, we might not have Bill right now. True. You know, and they wanted to protect their coach. Yeah. Which also leads into Kraft felt like he owed Brady something after throwing him under the bus, kind of, with the hold the flake gate thing. Yep. Which is why Jimmy G's not here anymore. So it's funny how it all kind of unravels once you get behind the scenes. And it's not Brady writing the book. Uh, it was it's two Who wrote it? It's two Patriot beat writers or something. Okay. Um, but they, uh, I mean, they talked with Brady. They talk, I'm sure they talked with everyone while they're writing it. They got to do their research, you know? And just kind of seems like that's kind of becoming fact. All that. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: obviously there was something to it. You know, these rumors just don't come out of nowhere. Mm. So you knew there was something to it. Um, it'll be interesting. I might have to check out that book. Oh, definitely. I forget. I I mean, there's going to be a lot of books coming out in the next few years about this stuff. Oh yeah. A lot of books. (laughs) Definitely. And that's where we're going to get most of the answers because we're not getting them from Bill. No. So most of the answers will come from, you know, reporters writing books
1: and stuff like that. Speaking of Bill, um, and Malcolm Butler, as we were just talking about, yeah, uh, apparently they have a great relationship. Apparently Bill talks to him. They talk on the phone. No way. That's words right out of Malcolm Butler's mouth. Interesting. Yeah. And he said when he went to Tennessee, he said, you're going to be in a great organization, Uh, great play. I wish you best of luck. Well, that's good. And Malcolm, they had asked about
0: him playing in the Super Bowl. I wish Bill would say that, though, in his press conferences, you know? Like, he just brushes everything under the rug. I wish he would say, oh, me and Malcolm have a good relationship. Like, he doesn't. You know, we have to rely on Malcolm to give us this information because Bill's not going to give it.
1: And Malcolm said something about the Super Bowl. He said, "You know, I, um, because he was sick the week before, showed up late." Yeah. He's like, maybe he goes, "I might not have been." He goes, "They must not have thought I was. My head must not have been where it should have been, or something like that." Still doesn't justify him sitting out the whole game, but no, not at all, not at all. At least he's kind of shedding a little light, maybe. Maybe he wasn't... Oh, he had a... There's no doubt he had a bad
0: couple of weeks of practice before the Super Bowl. Well, and, and he admitted that. And he got... Didn't he get kind of smoked in the Jacksonville game? Yeah, no, he wasn't great in that game. But the bottom line is he can tackle and he would have done better than, you know, Jordan Richards and those guys. Yeah. That's a Bat-A-Mose. fact. That is a fact.
1: Badamosi, It's right, right in his fucking last name. He's bad. He's bad. Um... We're, uh, you know, we,
0: (laughs) well, you know, this actually makes sense that we've spent this much time on the Red Sox and Patriots because they're dominating the headlines right now. Yep. Bats and training camp, Sox, best team in baseball in the the heat of the the summer. Like this is the, uh, August is my favorite baseball month, honestly. It's when it starts getting real. Because that's when the weather's still really fucking nice. Yep. And the games start to get really fucking important. Mm-hmm. So, August is the best baseball month other than October. October's cold. Well, October's cold, but I mean, in terms of the intensity of the games and everything. Oh, but yeah. in terms of the summer, like, August is the best baseball month. Yeah. It's the dog days of summer. Yep. Everybody's, you know, fighting for position. And right now, we're taking control of the AL East, and I love it. Hell yeah.
1: Um, but Co- we get, we we can't forget about the winter teams though they no. do still exist. The the Bruins just a couple quick things. They have retired Rick Middleton's Zumba. Yep, and um, congratulations to him. Yeah, congratulations. been some
0: controversy. Some people think he shouldn't have, you know, had his number retired. Obviously, he was a great player. Um, you know, I don't really know the arguments either way, but I I know that some people have said that the Bruins are starting to get a little soft with number retirements and kind of like the Celtics are. Yep. And I feel like someone made this point that um, the Bruins are trying to, obviously the Celtics have a shit ton of, you know, what are they trying to match up? Yeah. Up in the rafters. And then you see the Bruins on the other side and the Bruins are starting to get more lenient with who they, retire numbers with because, you know, they want to have close to as much as the Celtics or something. Pretty soon <laughs> there's going to
1: be no fucking numbers to wear.
0: Exactly. <laughs> no, that That's a good point. Like there's, I mean, with the Celtics, yeah. It's like when you become a member of the Celtics, is like, what number do you want? And they give you a list of the numbers you can't have. And it's like.
1: Yeah. What, mean, what do you want me to pick from here? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, And then, so there was a report that came out earlier this week that the, the Bruins had signed Marcel Noble's. From, yes, from and that Germany. is not true. Um,
0: it's not done yet, but it's looking like they're going to get something done. They've been in talks with him. Um, so he's from Germany. Not too keen on this guy. Why not? I, I just don't don't know much about him. I don't know much about him either. He's a German, and that's about all I know about him. Probably wants to <laughs> fight. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not a bad thing. No. But Marcel Nobles, yeah. So that's, that's what we got for the Bruins. Um, Some Celtics stuff. A little bit of Celtics. Uh, so Vegas predicts that they're going to win 57, 57 and a half games, so around 50, 57, 58 games. Over, under? Um, I'm going to say 60-plus. Pound the
1: over. Pound the over.
0: I, I said that at the end of last year. I was like, with just watching the team in the playoffs and saying, if everyone comes back healthy next year with Kyrie and Hayward – Sixty plus. Six. I'm saying sixty five. Sixty five wins for the Celtics. All right. So the 0708 Celtics, obviously that won the championship, was six. They were sixty six and sixteen. So you think we're we're gonna be right up there with them? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna say sixty two. You got, you
1: got, Jalen Brown working I mean, out with D Wade. Pieces
0: are all in place. Yeah. Jalen Brown's working out with D Wade. Jason Tatum. Tatum's been working out with Kobe. Yep. Um. Yeah, no, the pieces are all in place. I mean, those two guys right there, every team in the NBA would kill to have those two guys on their team. And they're not even – when everyone's healthy, they're not even our best players right now. No. Which they would be on a lot of teams. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: You know? I think – well, I, I, I mean, you the know, starting, maybe, maybe Jason Tatum might still be one of the best players with a healthy lineup. We got to – No, we, he will be. He will be. You know? The kid's only 20 years old. That's what I'm saying. It's like, ridiculous.
0: I the think, fact that he's even in that conversation. I mean, cause, I he's going to be a top – I said top five before. I'm going to say top three player in the NBA when it's all said and done.
1: I, By the time he's 25. I'm curious if – I think he could be better than Gordon Haywood. I agree. You yeah. think right like, now, though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this year. He yeah, could, no, I think it's – him and Kyrie. I don't know, man.
0: Well, they're both going to be in the starting lineup, I think. Yeah, so. So what does it matter? I mean, they're, you know, you, not everyone's going to, you know, there's only one ball. Yep. The stats are going to be, you know, when you have so many great players, nobody's going to put up ridiculous stats. It's going to be a bunch of guys putting up really good stats. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like when you have one really good player and he averages like 30 a game, but then when you have a, like, when the big three got together with uh, Pierce and Garnett and Allen, all their individual numbers, Decreased. Yeah. And but it, they, as a team, they were great. Exactly. Every you night, know? someone would have a good game. Right. So it's going to be something like that. You know, you're not going to look for a guy to have, we won't have an MVP candidate probably. I mean, Kyrie might be up there, but MVPs are usually the guys who get the ridiculous stats. And it's usually because they don't have a ton of other great players on their team. So they need to do something. Right. Where with us, it's like whoever's open, give them the ball. You know?
1: Exactly. <laughs> we can all score. Exactly. Um, speaking of the old school teams, Nate Robinson was just in town for the big oh, three. Oh, that's right. And, um, I can't
0: believe I didn't write that
1: down. He had some stuff on Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, cause he was old uh, friend, Nate Robinson. Well, obviously he was, he's Former in Celtic. uncle Drew. Yeah. Which I still haven't seen
0: yet. I haven't seen it either. Um, but which, he, by the way, we haven't gotten to the hip hop yet, but I was just looking up, uh. You know, new hip-hop that's come out. Apparently, Cousin Stiz has a song in the
1: soundtrack for that movie. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Just a random fact, Le'Veon Bell just came out with a rap album. Did he really? Yeah. Kyrie has a song, actually, on the soundtrack, too. He was... Uh, I seen a video of him in the studio. He was singing... Kyrie? Yeah, he's singing... Uh, does he sing or rap? What does he do? He sings R&B. Oh, he sings yeah. R&B. I, I gotta listen to it. Uh, it didn't even sound that bad, <laughs> All right. but... So Nate Robinson was with Kyrie last year when he found out. Like they were on set when he found out he got traded to the Celtics. Oh, really? So, because first Nate was asked about what what he thinks about the idea of Kyrie going to New York. Yeah, he said, uh, basically that you know a lot of people want to want to go home. And like go to where they're from, and even if even though the Knicks aren't a good organization, if he goes there, he wants he's going there because he wants to bring them to the top, and he wants to be the one to bring them if because if he was to bring them to the playoffs, bring bring them a championship somehow, he's cemented in New York legacy forever. Of course, you know, just like. But why would you want to leave the situation you're in with the Celtics right now? Well, that's part of it too he said he said he was so Nate Robinson said Kyrie was like it's so just so happy finding out that it was the Celtics that he was coming to he loves it here like he it's not like it's not like he's looking to get out it's just more of a like when he came here he was happy part of the reason he was happy he was coming here not only the team but he was happy because he could wear number 11, and that was his father's old number. And so, like, sometimes Nate Robinson was basically saying, like, that shit means more to some people. Yeah. Like, to be able to, he was like, if I could go home to Seattle and play for the Supersonics, I, right. he, he goes, I would have. Right. Uh, I would have wanted, my goal would have been to bring them a championship. Right. Is that, I mean, think about it. That's the Ryan, Don, um, Ryan Donato? It's Ryan Donato bringing the Stanley Cup to Boston. Yeah. You know, the hometown kid,
0: kid. Oh, it's like LeBron bringing the championship to Cleveland, you know. Yeah. Exactly. And there's been other examples of that, but yeah, no, I I get that. I get that part of it.
1: I'm not saying it's right.
0: You know. It's I, it's not wrong. I mean, it's whatever he wants to do. It's his life, yeah. but um But yeah, he's uh I just think the situation he's in right now is perfect. Yeah. And he has a good chance to really be a leader of a team
1: of great young players. Hell yeah. He so. does. He does. Uh, before we get on to the hip-hop, though, I did have uh, – I just had something that popped into my head. Oh, we didn't talk about it last week. Isaiah Thomas, uh, before he signed with the Nuggets yeah, for pennies compared to the Brinks truck he was looking for. Right. Um, Quite a contrast from a year ago. Yeah. He he said that he actually uh, came out that he reached out to Danny Ainge. Yeah. He was trying to get on the team. Basically. Oh, yeah. No, no, I heard that. I heard that.
0: He said, uh, you know, there's no bad blood. I'd be happy to come back if you'd welcome me. And they apparently Danny was kind of looking into it, but then the next day
1: uh, Isaiah signed with Denver. So. Well, Andy said because uh, Danny told them they were working on Marcus Smart at yep. the time. That was before we signed him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, interesting. Obviously, Isaiah still has a lot of love for Boston. He wants that. He, I think. I think he had he the wants, best
0: time of his life
1: here. Yeah, so. I think he wants that back. I think he, oh yeah, you know he he's he, never been loved the way he was loved when he was in Boston. No. There was no one, you know. It was it was crazy. It
0: was. I mean, he he, we loved him here. There's no question. He the things he did, the uh, just the whole underdog mentality of that team. Uh, Yep. You know, it's like now we're expected to win, but when we had him, it was like every game we won was a blessing. Yeah. And we we were still able to make make it to the conference finals. So unfortunately, I don't know how how good of a fit he would have been with this team. With this team, I mean. Well, obviously, if he's if he says he's willing to come back, that means he's willing to come off the bench yeah. because he knows he's not going to be starting. So off the bench as a scorer, yeah, I could see him fitting in.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw Terry go off this year, though. That's your boy. That's your man. Yeah. You know, what's he going to take? Cause then I taking- still
0: think Isaiah is a better scorer than Terry.
1: More consistent,
0: for sure. Yeah. Um, he averaged 29 a game, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Terry can't
1: average twenty nine a game. (laughs) Hey, you were all you were ready. You were ready to take him. Although when we put him in
0: the when we put him in the starting lineup, um, a few games. Yeah, he did average like, well, he he dropped thirty one game. He had a triple double another game. But no, Isaiah is the better scorer. Um, I yeah, he would have been a good fit. But oh well, he's you know, getting
1: his uh. Getting his Nuggets. Getting his, in Den- league,
0: getting his league minimum in Denver.
1: Yep. Getting his no Nuggets in Denver. Getting his
0: Nuggets. The little Nugget. Getting his
1: Nuggets in Denver. <laughs> um, we got... Right now, we got uh, one nothing top seven. Heath Embry in. Heath Embry. The base is juiced. Oh, that's a little scary. And nobody out. Oh, boy. Heath Embry is scary, man. Yeah. Bases are loaded. Nobody out. Jesus.
0: This is a guy I... Oh, this is a guy that when he takes the mound in the playoffs,
1: I don't think he. I'm gonna be
0: biting my nails. You don't don't think
1: think so? I don't think he makes a playoff roster. Good. I hope not. Like I said, I think I think some of the starters are gonna be coming out of the bullpen. By the way, um, before we switched
0: over from the Patriots, we forgot that Tom Brady celebrated his 41st birthday, 41st birthday the other day.
1: Oh yeah, we did. Happy birthday to to the goat!
0: Happy birthday to the goat! Happy goat day! Um, on his birthday, he barely took any reps, apparently. He was just hanging out at practice. Giselle was there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they had all a the big, kids there. They had
0: a big cake for him. You know, all the cake, fans. Cake fed
1: 5,000 people.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Do you see the size of that thing? The thing's huge. It's a big number 12. Um, You know, there's a big sign that fans, yep. you know, wrote their messages and signed. and So, you know, much love to the GOAT. Son of a bitch. Edelman, oh, shit. Was that an error? I didn't even see. Uh, that had to be an error. On Bogart, Look, like he yeah. booted it. Price isn't happy. Oh, he knows he can't get the W now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he pitched great, too. He did. That's tough. Well, yeah, that's got to be a... Um... It had to be an error on Bogart.